Welcome to Marriage and Money, a conversational podcast about personal financial topics aimed at improving conversations about money in your marriage so you can reach your dreams together. This is a weekly discussion brought to you by a seemingly financially incompatible couple bonded by the legal contract of marriage. My name is David, your favorite saver, and I'm joined by the woman who's always telling me to buy, 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 Heather. Baby, bye, 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 bye. Oh, wait, I don't think that's what, that's the type of bye you meant. Am I your Justin Timberlake? <laughs> that's right. Or, or which, which in sync? You're my Justin Timberlake to my Lance Bath. I don't oh, know. Is he in oh. that? I, I don't know who's in that boy band. Anyway. I, I don't know. I don't know. Actually, I'm always telling you, hello, hello, hello. <laughs> I don't know why you say goodbye. I say hello. Uh, well, we have a wonderful show planned for you today. Today, we're going to be talking about renting versus buying, specifically as it comes to homes. Uh, oh, this wherever is, you are is home to oh, me. Rent or buy. It's always I'll home, wherever I am. Yeah. Same with you. It's so great being being married to you, so I always have a home. <laughs> so, well, why are we wasting all this money then on places to live if home is where each other are? We could be living in a box on the street or under a bridge, right? Hmm, let me rethink that. <laughs> That'd be a lot cheaper. <laughs> That'd be a lot cheaper. Well, uh, you know, I'm excited to talk about this today because, well, one... The, the last episode, we specifically talked about the need to buy a home as being one of the myths. So we decided that was a myth and not a truth. We, that's, that's already been established. <laughs> okay. It's already been established. So, so I think we need, it, this is a good opportunity to dive into that a little bit Let's further. Let's deep dive. We're going to deep dive into each of these myths now. Yeah. Join <laughs> us for the seven point. I'm just <laughs> we got we're on a bit of a series now of uh, myth deep dives. No, no, but no, but this is a good one. I think it was a good myth. I think we talked a lot about it, but I do think there's a lot more to dive in here and talk about why why people think that and, and what you should do, because there's a lot to consider. Well, and I think this is a big one to jump into or a good one to jump into because it's such a huge decision that that most people need to make and it's one that has long-term consequences to your financial future right yeah not that there's not to put pressure on you right now audience but there's a a lot hinging on this (laughs) so talking about a big commitment were you more nervous to buy your first home and sign a 30-year mortgage or propose to me honestly both big commitments one a big significantly financial commitment yeah, honestly, I would they they were both pretty darn close. Not e- <laughs> not even joking. Like it was it was scary taking on that first mortgage. Taking on your wife. Oh yeah, sorry. And that much debt. <laughs> that was like crushing. It, it just being the saver and then having a debt as a saver. Like, but we'll get into this. But like I did it anyway. But um, yeah, no, that was a tough decision. Um, marrying you, I was super excited to marry you. But it was also scary. <laughs> and a big commitment. Yeah, and a big commitment. But you're right. I mean, at some point in your life, in most people's life, this is going to come up. It's going to be a decision point that they're going to have to make. And so we wanted to di- dive into it. Yeah. Th- this also, there is no simple right or wrong answer to this. So, no. So I wish I could go out there and I could tell you, yes, the right answer is always to buy. Or yes, the right answer is always to rent. Or I could say, here's the formula to know if it's the right time to rent or the right time to buy. 
And you're not going to hear that today. Yeah, and I think that is a good point because I think a lot of our topics, we have a pretty clear black and white, like debt is bad, investing is good, right? <laughs> and this, there isn't, you're right, it's not, neither is bad, neither is good. Like it depends. It's one of those, I feel like in grad school and business school, we often got answered, asked a question and the answer was always what? It depends, and I feel like that's this. So well, I think it, it's a little bit of a different. And that's the favorite con- answer of the consultant as well, is it, it depends. Right, so this episode <laughs> is going to cost double. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we're, we're, charging, we're charging like $400 an hour for this episode. So uh, we're going to let you send us a check for that. Yeah, just Venmo us. <laughs> yeah, no, but... So while while there isn't a clear yes or a no on this, I still think there are a lot of questions that that we can ask ourselves when we're considering buying a home. Specifically, if you're buying a home for the first time, if you're trying to figure out, is this the right time for me to buy a home? Um, I think there are certain questions. Or if you're just at a different place in your life, I, I think it's worth revisiting if it's the right time to buy a home. So instead of giving answers, you're going to even give more questions. To people. Well, yeah, because what you think I'm the answer guy for everything? <laughs> Come you on. You're my answer guy. <laughs> no, but that's true in these areas, right? Because it's not a clear answer, there's questions. There's a lot of questions you should be asking yourself to help hopefully, you know, put out the and, answer to you to figure out whether it's the right time or not. And the reason we're posing these questions is because I'm not sure that necessarily everybody always asks all, themselves all these questions. Yes, I'm sure you've asked yourself a couple of these, but we want to be sure you're at least thinking through this process from a few different angles before you pull the trigger on a, on a house or or pull the trigger on renting for that matter. So, so I guess to, to start with, specifically when looking at buying, the first question, the big question, and I think that pretty much everybody asks themselves in some manner or another is, can I afford to own a home? For sure. I mean, if you're going to buy, you need it to means afford you're it. buying. You got to come <laughs> right. up with some cash, a little jing, jing, Right, jing. right. And, and so does this fit in your budget? So again, this is where it's nice to have that budget to go back to. Okay, what? how much do I have going out? How much do I have coming in? And and the first thing that people look at when, and the first thing I looked at when I was buying a home was how big of a mortgage can I support? Can I afford this mortgage every month? Right, and there's a lot of cool calculators out online that'll kind of, you put in how much you're gonna get loan, put down interest rates, and it can pop out. Here's what the payment is going to be. So it can give you an idea of what that monthly commitment is. And, and those calculators might tell you this is how much you can afford. Right. But one thing I would caution about those calculators is that they're all, oftentimes they're pretty aggressive in saying, yeah, you can afford this. And you technically might be able to afford more than you really should take on. So just just be careful when you're when you're looking at these mortgage calculators or when you're thinking about taking out a mortgage. Don't take out a gobs of money. You don't become house poor. But I think people also get caught up on just the mortgage. And there's a lot of Very other true. costs that you need to think about. One being taxes. Because when you're renting a place, you don't, you don't you have to pay property, no property tax. tax. But when you buy, you do have to pay for property tax. Now, a lot of times it gets rolled into your mortgage. And some of those calculators can, can put that in. You can put what the tax rate is and it can calculate that for you. But it is something to be aware of. If you're doing one of those calculators, make sure you're not just looking at the loan and the interest that you're going to have to pay, but also the property taxes. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big one. Uh, also insurance. So you might have, uh, you're, you're going to have, uh, 
homeowner's insurance, you're going to probably have renter's insurance too if you're renting, but renter's insurance is cheaper than homeowner's insurance. And so just be aware that there's a difference there as well. Well, right. And when you're renting, the insurance is just covering your personal stuff. Yes, that's right? why. That's so why it's cheaper. when you're paying for insurance for a home, you're insuring the value of this massive asset that you're buying, which is why it's it's more expensive. It, yeah, exactly. Another cost, potential cost, could be association fees. So for me, my first home was a townhouse, and I had monthly dues that I had to pay. And these can these can add up really quick. I mean, they were not, you know, like ten bucks a month. I mean, they're hundreds and they can be thousands of dollars. And they can go up every space. year. Right. They aren't fixed. And so, you know, you need to be careful on that and make sure you're not just at your max of your budget because like you said, if they have to replace the roof and they don't have enough money in the saved and then they're gonna increase them or if there's a street redo or anything new siding they might have to increase them and you don't have control over that yeah yeah that and and then and then uh with your with a home you need to think about utilities now i know a lot of rental places you have to cover your own utilities but there are a lot of rental places as well and we happen to be living in one now where certain things like like garbage are included so at a home, you're paying for garbage. Now, that's not huge. But some, some rental places will have um, water that's included. Electricity is oftentimes on your own, but water might be included. We stayed at a place, at, we, we rented a house uh, when we were living in California that had lawn maintenance included. We had a gardener come out to the home, and that was rolled into the rent. We didn't have to worry about it. But when you, when you have a ho- house... You've got if you if you want a gardener, you've got to pay for that, <laughs> right? That comes out of your pocket. Oh, and then finally, or not finally, but I would just like to say another thing is you got to buy a lot of extra stuff that you don't necessarily need when mm. you're renting. So all of a sudden now you got a lawn, uh, so you need a lawnmower. You might need more furniture. Usually homes houses are bigger than apartments. You might need tools. Maybe if you live in Minnesota, where we're from, you need at least a shovel, if not a snowblower. So there's a lot of extra things that you didn't have to buy uh, when you were renting necessarily. I couldn't believe how much extra stuff there was uh, when I got a house that I needed to buy tools and, and yeah, lawn equipment and now, that type of thing. Now, for some of and us, then, it's fun if you well, like to right. buy things and and uh, decorate and buy furniture for your home. I had fun with it. But, but for it a expensive. saver, for a saver, every new thing you have to buy is painful. And there's a lot of pain involved because you're always buying something and something breaks and then you got to buy a tool to help you fix it. And that's painful. And then you've got this lawnmower and you got a snowblower and they need maintenance too. So now the things you use for maintenance need maintenance. <laughs> so it can get a little crazy. You seem a little fired up there. Okay, well. Calm down. I'll, I'll I'll settle down. I apologize. I just get ex- <laughs> I get excited. <laughs> we're we're podcasting. I get excited about podcasting, and then we're talking about <laughs> spending money, which gets me agitated. Whoo! Deep breath. Oh, okay. Anyway, the point was was that there's a lot more to to expenses for a house than the mortgage, and I think a lot of times people forget that. Yeah. Another question you, you should probably ask yourself is, how are my finances? You might be saying, well, you just talked about all the costs, but that's not what this is about. This is about saying, how are you doing financially? So, like, how much do you have saved? You know, what's your credit? What's your cash situation? And I feel like this is often a question people don't ask themselves or don't worry about this. Um, 
Because it seems like in the last, at least most of my adult life, it really hasn't mattered. It seems like anybody can get a loan for a house. And often to your point, they'll say, hey, you can afford probably double or triple what you probably should be. Um, but that doesn't mean you should. So even if the bank says, hey, you look great financially, you're doing awesome, ask yourself independently, how do I think my finances are? Am I in a place financially secure enough to take on this debt or all these extra costs? How much savings? The guaranteed, like David said, something's going to break, something's going to go wrong. So the last thing you want to do is to buy a house and not have any money saved or anything. Well, and when you look at your net worth, when you look at your total assets, do you want, how much of your total assets, how much of your net worth do you want tied up in a house versus how much of your net worth do you want to still have available for other investments, for larger growth? Because So now I say other investments because I'm, I'm not really expecting that house to grow much. Now, maybe maybe you're going to be in a great uh, neighborhood where it shoots up, but I highly recommend, not based on my experience. Now, this is one guy who's had a terrible experience with houses where every house he's sold, bought and sold, all two of them, he's lost money on. <laughs> <laughs> but don't look at a house as an investment. Keep some money somewhere else. Don't tie it all up in the house. Invest your money elsewhere as well. And I think you also got to look at how much can you put down. So do you really do you really have the cash to come up with to put money down? And again, just because the bank says you don't need to put anything down, you can get a loan for 100% or you only need to put 5% down. And I think that I think I did that looking back when I bought my first home, I think I only put 5 or 10% down. It was not a lot. And what happened is I had to pay PMI. So I had to pay principal what is that called principal Principal mortgage mor- or mor- principal or something mortgage insurance. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, so, it, it's there to ensure that if you default on your loan, the insurance covers the cost of the. Yeah, be- and if you don't put enough down, I think you have to put twenty percent down, right. or you have to pay this additional fee. And again, I looked at it as like I don't know how much it was, a hundred bucks or less per month. So I was like, Psh, whatever, you know, I'm getting this house, but um, that adds up, right? And so just know about all those extra fees, and if you don't. If you were in the situation as I had, looking back, I probably didn't have enough money to really be going in and buying that house, but I did. Right. And and what I did was I ended up putting down the 20% to get out of PMI, but I ended up doing a, a personal loan from my dad in order to cover that difference. And then I think we talked earlier in the earlier episodes about how when we got married, I brought that debt with us and we had to pay that off. And we, it was a whole, my dad was very gracious about it all. And he, he was in no hurry for me to pay it back, but it was also just this noose around our necks dragging us down. So I don't know. Again, try to stay away from debt. Try to stay away from PMI. Get, get, get that stuff out of your life. <laughs> yeah. And, so so yeah, make make sure that um, make sure that your finances in order and that you have a clear picture of what your finances are, where you want to go uh, as a couple with it. Have these conversations because it's critically important. So then, really, you let, let's say you you've, you've said okay, I can afford the house. I'm in a good place financially where this fits into my overall financial plan. Ask yourself: Is this really the right time to be buying a house? 
should is now the right time for you. Maybe it's a great time for your friends. Maybe it's a great time for, for maybe it could even be a great time for the market. Is it a good time for you? I think that's a really important question that probably gets overlooked and maybe people don't even ask. They just feel like, you know, that's the right thing to do or you're feeling pressure. Maybe people are telling you this is something you should do. I felt like when I bought my first house, a lot of my friends were doing it. It wasn't that I felt pressured, but it just felt like, hey, everybody, this is kind of the thing people are doing. And so I can see how people can feel pressured um, especially since kind of that's what life tells you to do, right? And so step back and say to your point, is this the right time for me personally to be buying this home? Well, and for me, I was going to talk about this a little bit later, I think, but um, for me, a lot of that pressure was kind of internal pressure even because I looked at renting and I was thinking, oh my gosh, this is just throwing money away because... I, I give you the give the landlord this money and sure I have a place to live for a month but then I'm I'm left with nothing and so I didn't want to quote unquote waste my money on rent and so I felt like a mortgage was a better way to go what I learned through the process was that oh my gosh I put all this money into this house and then when I sold it eight years later or whatever it was I realized well I Actually, I probably would have been better off financially if I had just rented. Uh, but so make sure you're doing it for the right reasons and, and that it is the right time. Like what is what is your situation? Are you, are you planning to stay in this location for a long time? Right. And if your name is Heather Prail, the answer is probably not. Yeah. So I was looking, I was calculating. We just bought a house. I know. So in 21 years, so I graduated college in 2000. It's now 2021. And I counted it up. I have had 11 addresses. (laughs) So if you're settled with roots, it's probably a good idea. But if your name is Heather Braille and you have a tendency to move a lot. Yeah. We bought a house and then a year (laughs) later we moved to Singapore. It was two years later. Our dream house. Moved, moved to Singapore. Um, needless to say, I was a little little not very happy about Sometimes that. Sometimes you can't control it. You might answer that question and say yes, and things may change. But but also, <laughs> besides staying in the location, you know, what's your job situation, which was kind of the whole Singapore thing for us, but, you know, are you planning on changing your job or career? Or maybe you're looking at going back to school. Um, so if you have other priorities, then you probably shouldn't be locking yourself into a long-term, big, significant financial commitment if, you know, if you've got a lot of other things going on in your life with your job or you might be under stress. I mean, maybe you're completely stressed right now and in a stressful situation. Well, don't add a house to that because all that's going to do is just... Houses are stressful. Amplify the stress that you have. Because as soon as you buy it, everything's going to break. That's how it always works. Everything breaks when you the, the month you buy it. And then you're you're stuck stuck fixing it, and it breaks along the way. Yeah, yeah, couldn't agree more. Um, so it, it, the the final question that I really think people need to ask themselves is how does this how does buying a house fit into your financial goals, or does it fit into your financial goals, or financial goals, your family goals, your career goals, overall? How does it fit into your goals? Because we we talk about goals, we talk about setting that vision. Is a house really needed to accomplish your goals? If it is, then great. If you need that stability, then perfect. If, you, if it doesn't help you accomplish your goals, why do you really want this house? 
Yeah, I think that's a really good point. I mean, we, pretty much all of our podcasts go back to, right, what's your goal? What's your purpose? What are you trying to do? And and then putting a plan together to do it. And if maybe your goal is to own a home, maybe that is the goal. That's great. That's fine. It's just if that's not your goal or doesn't to your point, this doesn't help you get your goals, then just be aware of that. Right. How it's going to impact it. So I don't think we asked this question to my cousin when we had her and her husband on, but but one of their goals was to give their their family, their kids. Uh, this diverse and broad breadth of, his, of experiences and and travel to do that. And one thing that wasn't needed to accomplish that was a house. And so they had a house and they got rid of it because it didn't fit into their goals. Now, that's not necessarily a financial goal. It's a life goal. And anyway, I, the point is, is that it doesn't need to necessarily be a financial goal. Just look at does the house fit into your goals? Yeah. And then also around your goals is kind of your stage of life. And I think a lot of people think about this when you're starting out, you know, after college, you know, you're starting out and you're trying to, you know, think, you know, should I be renting or buying? But I also think you need to think about it towards the end of your life too, because what's your plan? You know, when you're retired, you know, if you're going to travel around or you want to downsize or maybe you want to go to warm places in the winter, maybe you want to even move in with your kids. Um, that's an option. We'll throw that out there. I'm sure people appreciate that. But, <laughs> um, you know, again, this whole stigma of, oh, I need to own a home. Well, maybe you don't. Again, it goes back to your goals. Like if, if that's getting in the way of what you want to do when you're retired and you're on your, you know, you're in those glory days, then don't, don't lock let yourself house. in. That's right. Yeah. Be free. Houses are not freeing. Stuff brings you down. Stuff traps you. Oh, so at the end of the day, Heather, between renting versus buying, what what are you what are you going to say about this? What are some well, ways to look at this here? Yeah, I mean, well, I think again, I think we've made it clear that both are good options. So both have some pros and cons, right? So I think people often lean towards buying as the right thing, and there are a lot of good pros, right? You can you're putting money into it, like you mentioned, you're putting money into an asset. You're not throwing it away as a, a complete expense. Um, you don't have a landlord to answer to, right? Nobody's saying, hey, don't do this. You can't do this. You can't paint the wall, whatever. There's more rule, you know, rules when you're renting. Yeah, you can tear um, down that wall without asking anybody. That's right. <laughs> um, there's me being the CPA, right? There's tax benefits to owning a home. Uh, you know, we had the episode on house improvement. So that's a fun part of it, right? You yeah. can make the place your own. You can do with it what you want. Um, but there's also a lot of cons, right? Uh, it costs a lot of money. It is a big financial commitment. It's tying up a lot of your resources. Um, we mentioned a lot of extra expenses. So there's a lot of other things besides just the mortgage. You, Your favorite topic, that it can go down. You can actually lose money on it. So it, it oh, I know seems that. like people tell you this is the better, most more responsible financial decision, but not always. Um, and there's, like you said, there's a lot of work. A lot of things are going to break. Um, modeling, so a lot of additional expenses and things to do. So it's not all just gravy and goodness and buying. There are, you know, some good things and some bad things to consider. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you, you got to weigh all that out. Yeah. On, on the renting, yeah, your landlord can kick you out maybe without you knowing. There's, but I think it's important, like we said, look at your stage of life, look at your stage you are in your finances, look at your goals, 
And I think it'll become clear where it makes the most sense for you. Um, and don't let other people tell you what you need to do. I guess that's our message. And it might sound like we're trying to tell you what to do. We're, to some extent we are. We're trying to tell you to ask yourself the right questions here to make this decision on your own. Um, and right. don't feel guilty if you make the renting decision. Don't feel like, oh, I'm because I'm renting, I haven't made it, or I'm not I'm not an adult because I'm renting. Don't think that at all. That's not true. Well, it's interesting because I think I think if what you're looking for in your goals in life or what you need is freedom, then renting is the way to go. It's the like the only way to go if you <laughs> need absolute freedom. Buying is really locking you down. Like you are rooted. You have like you are in this place. You've invested a lot. Like you are committed, and so. If what you're trying to do in life requires freedom or you want to be able to go and do those things, then renting is the way. And that's not a bad thing. I mean, we're talking about financial independence and financial freedom. And so, you know, it's it's not a bad thing um, yeah. to rent. Yeah. If you had a pile of money and were always renting and could just pick up and go wherever you want to from month to month or year to year without having to think twice about it, that's true freedom. And you don't get that when you own a home. <laughs> that's for sure. Oh, so yeah, so certainly uh, consider these questions when when you're thinking about a home and uh, I think you'll do all right. Yeah, so there you go. No answers, but lots of questions that we brought to you. You know, podcasts are a lot easier when we don't have to have the answers. That's right. We need to do this more often. We need to become consultants. That's what consultants do is just ask more questions. And they I make like fancy it. PowerPoints. And they don't have to live, to live up to any of the decisions made. They get a walk away. Good point. Yeah, right. you, you don't have to deal with the aftermath. So we want you to continue this discussion without us. Um so sit down and talk to your spouse. Uh, were you intentional about your current living situation? So whether you're renting or you're in a home you bought, were you intentional when you made that decision? Or did you just do it because it seemed like the right thing to do at the time or you just didn't really think about it, it just was natural? Talk about where you're at and whether you were intentional or not. So David. Heather. When you bought your first home, which was... Um, pre-Heather. It certainly was. Um, was it an intentional decision or did you stumble into it? Did you have any bias that impacted that decision? I definitely had some bias. I'm, <laughs> yes. So I, I, when I was growing up, um, I lived in a combination of homes early on, houses early on, and then uh, that my parents owned. And then we rented a house and then we bought a house and then uh, when my parents got divorced I lived for several years in an apartment and then I rented um, throughout college and it so I don't know I really didn't like I really didn't like apartment life and and renting for me was apartment life and my parents always instilled in me that buying a home was was the dream that's what you have to do that's stability that's that's just what what you do and so I guess I intentionally when you said did you intentionally do it or did you stumble into it I intentionally bought a house but I wonder if I did it for the wrong reasons because I thought this is what you do when you're a responsible adult and now I'm a responsible adult I have a job and this is how it's going to go and um, 
and and I think I talked about this a little bit in the last episode where I, I said I, I did this, I didn't have, um, I, I did this right out of school, and I, I mentioned earlier in the episode, it, it felt like a bad decision. Like, when I did it, like the day that I bought the house, I was kind of a little depressed about it. I was just, like, bogged down by like this more than for me, it was like, I don't remember the exact number now. I think it was like a dollars $130,000 of debt somewhere right around there. It was just so weighing on me so much when I didn't really have much cash in the bank. I had a job. I could theoretically afford the mortgage if I didn't get fired. And it was, it just felt like this big weight on my shoulders and it was all on me. And if I screwed it up, my life was basically over. And that was scary. And looking back on it, it's like, yeah, I probably was not in the right spot to do that. Well, answering these questions, I wasn't doing it for the right reasons. If I had answered these questions, I probably went, I went about the how. Yeah, if I was being honest. Yeah, so... I don't know. Can you relate to that, Heather? Yeah, I think it's kind of interesting that we both bought a home individually before we were married. So um, for me, it was definitely an intentional decision. I mean, I I think it's a little hard for it not to be intentional when you're spending that much money. But um, I just remember it being scary as well. Uh, and And I think nothing I'd seen in my life or imagined for myself as a single woman to buy my house by my own, I think... Again, I kind of grew up like, of course, that's what you do. You buy a home. But for me, it was always kind of when I get married and start a family, I would buy a home. And I didn't, it was like, wait a minute, I've been out on my own for a while. I've got this job. It seems a lot of my single girlfriends were buying condos or townhomes. And it just kind of seemed like, oh, this is the natural next thing to do. I felt like kind of a boss. I was like, I'm going (laughs) to do this. Um, and one of my girlfriends like bought a condo, you know, just across the street. So it was a pretty fun time in my life. I felt like kind of a big girl and independent, but I do I agree with you. Like looking back, I don't think it was the right decision. Um, I, I same thing. I was like, stop throwing money at rent. You should put it towards assessment. Yes. You've been renting now for a few years. That was fine for a while, but it's been three years, you know, stop doing that. Your CPA, you should know better. But, um, yeah, I mean, it ended up okay, but and I think I felt a little safer because I bought a townhome. So I agree with you. Like I didn't have a ton of savings, but I also felt like a little bit secured. Like I didn't have to buy a lot of the lawn stuff and big things, but I was paying those dues. Right. And so I could make those monthly dues, but if those had gone up or if there was something big, I would have been in trouble. But I also did realize through the process that I do love house shopping. Oh, um, it is she super does fun. way I still too much. Window shop to this day. I was actually just doing that yesterday. Um, we are not I'm buying like, another house. We're not moving. Window shopping. So it is pretty fun. But uh, yeah, it is kind of interesting looking back. Oh my goodness. Yeah, and I and I understand that maybe I would have a different take on this. Maybe my bias would be a little bit different if the price of my house had doubled during the time that I owned it. And I was like, oh my gosh, it was the greatest thing I ever did. And it doubled my net worth or something like that. And maybe my tune would be different. I totally understand that criticism. But at the same time, you don't know that it will. And so is is it worth putting yourself in that position, taking away that flexibility, taking away, putting yourself in that additional risk for that small chance that there would be this huge gain. Um, 
in my mind, no, because I've had I've had friends that have struggled to make the house payments and make it work, and it it it's not a fun place to be. Um, I'd hate to see any of our listeners there. Okay. So anyway, thank you so much for that conversation. That was really insightful, Heather. It was good to hear. Uh, <laughs> it was good to hear your take on it. It's always good to hear your take. I love I love hearing your take. Uh, but I think that about wraps up our conversation for today. Remember, you can always reach us at marriageandmoneypodcast at gmail.com or message us on Instagram at marriage.and.money. Thanks again for joining us this week. And remember that whether you're a spender or a saver, your best financial life lies somewhere in the middle.